musings. I'm Ruben, and I thank you for joining me today, or tonight, or whatever time it is, wherever you are. I wanted to first say an immense thank you to all of you that have given this podcast a listen. I've been blown away by all of you that have reached out from the past and present, as well as seeing all the listens across the podcast platforms. I really hope our time together has been time well spent. I'm also recording this on Memorial Day, so I just wanted to take a moment to thank all of you from military backgrounds that risk the ultimate sacrifice to keep the rest of us safe, especially those that we've lost. May the world never forget your sacrifice, and may you always rest in peace. Now, today, I wanted to share the tactic I use to avoid judging people as best I can, and instead swap that judgment for curiosity, which I have found to be such a more pleasurable way to go about life and meeting other people. And as with most things I've discussed on this podcast, this is really just a muscle that you build over time. So I'm not saying you'll never, ever again judge another person, but I have found that this tactic helps me tremendously, even with things like road rage, for example. Now, most of us won't admit to ourselves that we have judgy tendencies, and those around us may not be comfortable telling us that we are judgy out of fear that they'll be judged by us. It's this weird catch-22, but the reason it's important to look deep inside yourself and work on it is that judgment doesn't really serve anyone. Now, especially because of the role religion has played in the history of humankind, we have been taught to judge other people, often without even realizing that we're doing it. And that's because we've been led to believe that when we pass, all of our actions will be judged by some almighty power. So we tend to think of everyone's actions as good or bad, and we're always living in this fear of being judged, you know, that our judgment day will arrive. But here's the problem that at least I have found with that. One, as Shakespeare said, nothing is good or bad, thinking makes it so. So what might be bad to you is actually incredibly good to someone else. And if you don't have the full picture, how would you really know what it means to someone else? And hint, you never have the full picture. The second thing is, if it is some almighty power that's going to handle the judgment, what makes us think that we should be doing that power's work? Who are we to judge if we're going to be judged ourselves when we pass? That's not our job. (laughs) Some examples of judgment, and just to be clear, um, these are pretty simple, but, you know, for example, one I grew up with a lot, in my neighborhood was, wow, look at that pants, the pants that that guy's wearing, barely even covering his ass. He's up, he's a no good, up to no good criminal. He's a thug. He's a robber. Or, wow, I can't believe that piece of, mm, just cut me off in traffic. What a mm, hole. That one I'm, I'm quite familiar with because I grew up around a lot of folks with road rage and uh, still know some folks that, that wrestle with road rage. Another one is super simple, and it's just something like, oh, so-and-so is late. They never care about anyone else but themselves. You know, so these are small little moments in our lives and thoughts that we perhaps don't even verbalize to the outside world. But 
there are things where we're just judging other people for the way that they live their lives or the way that they do certain things or fail to do certain things. And it's just so habitual to us because our culture is one of judgment. And there's this deep-seated fear of being judged, not just because of the religious component, but because we humans, I don't know if it's by design or this was nurtured into us over so many thousands and thousands of years, but we have this intense desire to fit in. And so it's without realizing it's actually really important for us to be approved by others because, you know, perhaps in caveman times or earlier times, if we didn't fit in, that might have been qualification to get killed off from our tribe or be exiled. And either we die or being exiled means we may lose our food source, which then might lead to death. And so we're just programmed to want to fit in and to be accepted by other people around us. The problem is that in this modern day and age and more developed places of the world in particular, we don't have to have that fear that we'll be exiled and, you know, we'll die as a result. We don't have to have that fear that because we don't quite fit into this small little circle that all of a sudden our life is going to be in danger. But our bodies biologically still feel that. And that's often the source of, you know, deep anxiety around other people. That's often the source of deep imposter syndrome when we feel like we maybe don't belong and other people don't know that yet. And so this fear of judgment is something that really, really deeply affects our lives and often for the worse. Candidly, I struggle with it myself, even just putting out this podcast. It's been a while since I uploaded all those first four episodes. And part of that was this fear of judgment. What if people don't like it? What if people don't align with it? And so on and so forth. And so again, in these moments, as I said in an earlier episode, when you're worried about getting judged yourself, it's important to think about, you know, you're not doing this because of someone else's judgment. Again, you've got nothing really to fear, you know, unless of course you actually do something criminal. You've got nothing to actually fear with your actions in terms of being judged if they're aligned with your values and aligned with the actions that you want to take and you are in a creation mode and you're just trying to put something out into the world. So. Anyway, that's how I thought about it for myself for this podcast. But this episode is not going to be about how do you overcome judging of yourself. And for that, you can listen to past episodes or perhaps future episodes. I can talk about this some more. But this episode is actually going to be how do you start to limit your judgment of other people around you so that you can more deeply connect with other people. And... The reason this topic is so important to me is because my life completely changed once I started swapping judgment for curiosity about other people. I found that I made better friends, better connections, and that those around me were much more real and vulnerable. And the reason for that, it turns out, is that when people trust that you're not sitting there to judge them, but rather just connect with them human to human, they start to open up. And when people deal with what's true and they're vulnerable about it versus dealing with the perceptions that they're trying to hold in front of you, then magic happens. You know, when someone is no longer trying to hold up or maintain some sort of image about who they are, which is really just their ego at play, but someone's actually able to be vulnerable about their life and their feelings and their 
how they perceive the world, that is such a deeper, richer connection, both for the two of you that are connecting, as well as for that person, because being vulnerable is one of the best ways to just truly be authentic and feel like you're in line with yourself as a human, because you're acknowledging that you're not perfect, even though so much of the world, especially advertising, uh, so much of the world makes us think that we should be perfect. So how do you start swapping judgment for curiosity? For me, the best place to start is with a word that I discovered a few years ago that finally captured this deep feeling that I had felt to my core, and I'm sure all of you have felt at some point or another, and it's this word, Sonder. Now, there's this whole company that's hospitality-based called Sonder, and I think it's great branding, but I'm not talking about that hospitality company. I am talking about the word Sonder, and this was originally from this site called the Dictionary of Obscure Sorrows, where it first showed up. And Sonder, the definition of Sonder is the realization that each random passerby is living a life as vivid and complex as your own, populated with their own ambitions, friends, routines, worries, and inherited craziness. An epic story that continues invisibly around you, like an anthill sprawling deep underground with elaborate passageways to thousands of other lives that you'll never know existed, in which you might appear only once, as an extra sipping coffee in the background, as a blur of traffic passing on the highway, as a lighted window at dusk. That's the definition of Sonder. And for me, this was a really important moment in my life when I finally found a word to capture this because you can actually feel how true this really is. You know, we, even for the people that we know and that we're familiar with, we only see a very small percentage of that person and we're only exposed to an even smaller percentage of that person because their words are only a tiny fraction of the things that go on in their brain and in their neurons and in their sleep and in their thoughts and in their dreams and in their values. And that's only for the people that we know. Now, imagine you're sitting in traffic and you see the car next to you and you see the driver in there. Or imagine that you are at a coffee shop and you're looking around and there's all these other people who you've never seen before and perhaps will never see before. It's really, really important that we realize that even with people as close to us as our spouses and our children, we never know that person 100%. And part of that is because we don't spend 100% of our times with them. You know, they sleep, they use the bathroom, they, if they're a colleague, then obviously they've got a home life, they've got, you know, other places that they spend time at. So part of it is just purely time. The other part of it is that people are constantly evolving. You know, their thought patterns are changing. The things that they're interested in might change. Their values might change. Their priorities might change. And so, you know, the people, for example, I knew in college or that knew me in college, currently in my head, I've got a very specific 
memory and story of that person in my in my head of who I think that person is. But you know, it's been, you know, several, several years, and that person might be totally into totally different things. Those habits that I might be remembering about them might be totally different now. Those tendencies that they might have had back then might be totally different now. Heck, it might be different from a week ago if I had seen that person. And so everyone has a different perception of who you are than you have about yourself. And so it's really important to understand that all of us, when we think about other people in our lives, we're only actually thinking about the stories of those people that we have in our brains. And so it's really useful to think about what are people's stories in general. And that's where I think Sonder has been so particularly powerful for me because rather than jumping to judgment and jumping to assumptions about what people are or who people are, I instead remember that they've got a story in their life as vivid and as complex and as intricate as my own life story that has led them all up to this present moment. And I start to get deeply curious about what that story is and how fascinating it might be because I reflect about my own life story and all the twists and turns that each of our stories have and how that person must also have a story that's rich and full of twists and turns and ups and downs and happy moments and moments of grief. And that allows you to really see the other person as another human rather than another judgment that you might have run into. So, for example, one small thing that made a huge difference in my life was actually while I was driving in traffic. You know, I grew up around people that, you know, if someone cut them off in traffic or something quote-unquote stupid happened, you know, you'd react, you'd curse them off, you'd give them their finger. You know, I'm originally from New York City, from the Bronx in particular, so this was like all-day, everyday occurrence. You know, you honk as soon as the stoplight turns green before the car has even seen it. You know, there's just, there's a certain modus operandi to, uh, to how you drive in New York City, and it definitely includes road rage. And I was learning to drive, and my cousin Steve uh, was the one that was teaching me how to drive when I had my permit. And I flipped out at someone who had done, I think they cut me off in, on the road or something like that. And Steve said to me, hey man, like, what do you know? Like, what if that person really, really needs to use a bathroom right now and they're about to explode? What if someone just got the news that their wife's water just broke and they were at work and now they're trying to get to the hospital as quickly as they can? What if someone is super late to a job interview and they've been jobless for over eight months and next week is when they're finally going to run out of money and they're just trying to make it to this interview on time. And when he asked me those questions, it just totally broke me because up until that moment, as funny as it is to, to say now, but it's the truth, up until that moment, you know, when someone did something stupid in traffic, I just always jumped to these opinions and these judgments about how much of a piece of crap that person was, about how annoying that person was, about how unfair that person was. 
But the truth is, I had no idea why that person was acting that way. And that person's a total stranger in my life. And so for me to make a judgment and an assumption that this person, you know, this broad blanket statement that this person's mean spirited or that this person's a constant jerk is just completely, completely untrue. At least as far as I can prove. And so that's the takeaway for today is that remember this concept of Sonder that every single random passerby that we might uh, come across in our life has lived and is living a life as vivid and complex and as intricate as our own with their own friends, routines, worries, and, you know, inherent craziness that's happening with or without us. And so when you remember that, you can start getting really, really curious about what led people to that moment. So for example, in that road rage incident, I do start to think to myself, oh man, maybe that person really needs to use the bathroom. Like, I wonder what their routines kind of look like that they got themselves in this position. Or, oh man, maybe that person really is trying to rush to the hospital to meet their wife that's about to give birth to their child. And what a miracle that is. And I hope that they don't get into an accident, you know, as they, as they go on to, to do that. And these stories, you know, may or may not be true, right? Uh, you know, I can't imagine everyone needs to use a bathroom on the road. I can't imagine everyone's about to have a baby on the road, but by going through that exercise of just being curious about why that thing might actually be happening, I have found that to be so much more interesting and so much more fueling because now all of a sudden I'm operating from a place of curiosity and understanding, or at least a seeking to understand rather than a place of judgment. And that's so much more useful and healthy for how I show up to other people around me. And that's so much more useful and healthy for my own mental health so that I don't spend my days constantly talking trash and feeling all worked up about all the people that I come across. And so we need to acknowledge that people are often a product of their stories and that their stories are actively being written. And it's important that we be curious about those stories and seek to understand those stories versus stigmatizing those stories. So I hope that's been useful. Again, the concept of Sonder has been tremendously life-changing for me. And I thought it was only fitting that I share the concept with you early on in this podcast so that perhaps you can start incorporating it into your own life. And perhaps it has some of the same impact that it has had on me. So thank you as always for listening. I'm Ruben Martinez. And as you may or may not know, my life's mission is to be the candle that lights people's inner fuel on fire and One of the ways that I do that in my personal life is um, I coach people on the side uh, to live a more integrated life that they can really feel proud of. But another way that I do that is in a typical work environment or setting, I spend a lot of time thinking about how colleagues interact with each other so that people can get really good results done. And another way that I do that is through what you're listening to right now, which is just this podcast. And it's a bit of a passion project for me to put out some musings, so to speak, about life and about certain thoughts that I might have that might be interesting to share to others. And so 
If you have found this interesting, if you have found this valuable, of course, I would appreciate uh, leaving a review wherever it is that you're listening to this. As always, you can reach me at therubenm at gmail.com. That's T-H-E-R-U-B-E-N-M at gmail.com. And I'm also at the Ruben M across pretty much all social platforms. And thank you again for listening. I hope this has been a worthwhile use of your time. Also, I'm trying out a totally new microphone today, an audio setup. And so uh, let me know if you've got any feedback compared to my earlier episodes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all of you that have listened in the past and have gone ahead and subscribed. And thank you in advance to those of you who have listened to this episode and perhaps subscribe uh, yourself. As always, wishing you nothing but abundant happiness and joy and peace and calm in your life. And more importantly, I'm wishing you the realization that you are powerful beyond measure, as Marianne Williamson would say, and that you can be an agent of change in your life and that that change starts with not necessarily just your actions, but it actually starts before that with the thoughts and the way that you process information in the world, which is why I'll spend a lot of time in this podcast talking about things like that. So change your thoughts, that'll change your actions. You change your actions, that'll change your habits. Change your habits, that'll change your lifestyle. Change your lifestyle, and that'll change your life. And so thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this musing, and I'll see you next time. Cheers.